Montreal, Quebec, that is a group, a girl group called Chetam Shena from their CD, Best of Chetam Shena, and a song that really speaks to what is going on in the Lower Mainland right about now, and that is Rain. And that song was entitled Oinohori Doshi Dea. It's raining in the mountains, and it's pretty much raining everywhere right now. Vitaju vas psichonovni radio sukhachi na radio predachu nash holos radio krinsko ho korinya. Pre mikrofoni pavnina djakuju shori shole prebutazimnoyu nastupnu hedenu. Memama dojasikavi nevena nastyo nishni prashami. Itakosh chudovu krinsku muziku. Hello there and welcome to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm your host Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program lined up for you. We've got music, of course, and great information. We have news from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine Today, as well Ukrainian Jewish heritage and a roundup of the events that took place commemorating the 75th anniversary of the Babanyar massacre that occurred during World War II in Ukraine. As well, we have a book review by. Myra Junik, and she'll be reviewing a book called The English Club Czar. So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And we're going to stay on a seasonal theme. We have Dumka up next from their album Soundscapes, recorded back in the 1980s or so, and a song called Tuman Yarom, A Mist in the Ravine.
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. Welcome to Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Peter Baker. 75 years ago, nearly 34,000 Jews were murdered at Babin Yar over a two-day period on September 29th and 30th, 1941. The location has become a poignant symbol of what is known as the Holocaust by bullets. Some 1.5 million Jews were shot to death on the territory of what is now Ukraine in this particular aspect of the Holocaust. The Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, or UJE, presented a very much anticipated program commemorating this 75th anniversary of Bab Yar. The program, held in Kyiv from September 23rd to 29th this year, featured four distinct projects. There was a public symposium, which included the introduction of a groundbreaking book on Bab Yar, a student conference, a landscape design competition, and a memorial concert. The effort took years of planning and was widely applauded, both in Ukraine and abroad. The UJE worked with the World Jewish Congress, Ukraine's government, and other Ukrainian Jewish and diaspora organizations to plan and present its program. UJE board member Paul Robert Mogochi, who along with his colleague Adrian Karatnitsky spearheaded the program, noted, Our goal was to turn the attention of Ukrainians and the world community to Babin Yar and to show it is a very important symbol of a mass tragedy of the 20th century. A special feature of the public symposium was a presentation of the newly published book Babin Yar, History and Memory. The book, published both in English and Ukrainian, presents essays written by ten authors, including several symposium participants. They looked at the treatment of Babin Yar in art, culture, and literature. Dr. Vladislav Hrnevich, who co-edited the book with Dr. Mogachi, said, This book is not about death, but about life, and about the battle for memory about Babin Yar. It also raises the question of what is the future of Babin Yar? How is it to be organized? Nearly 200 young people from all over the world attended the youth conference. The conference coordinator, Dr. Ihor Strupak of Dipro's Tukuma Institute for Holocaust Studies, said, We were able to get away from national egoism. We remembered that our country was touched by three genocides, the Holodomor, the Holocaust, and the deportation of Crimean Tatars. We also talked about the Holocaust against the backdrop of the contemporary Russian-Ukrainian war. We understood there is no such thing as someone else's pain. Another highlight of the week was a presentation of winning entries of an international landscape competition sponsored by the UJE as a first step in the expected creation of a necropolis at Babin Yar. There was no first-place award as the jury did not feel any of the entries fulfilled all its requirements. However, Vitaly Nachmanovich, one of Ukraine's leading Babin Yar historians who oversaw the competition, said the two second-place winners and the third-place winner provided a promising foundation for the creation of a memorial park at Babin Yar. The UJE board chairman James C. Temerty presented the competition winners with awards. The commemorative week concluded with a memorial concert, 
which featured the Hamburg Symphony Orchestra, the renowned Ukrainian Dunka Chorus, and international opera stars, including Pavlo Hunka of England. Ukraine native Oksana Linyu, who currently works with the Bavarian State Opera in Munich, was conductor, and the opera director Anakin Korselman of the Netherlands staged the powerful performance. Approximately 160 people were involved in the performances of Max Bruch's Prayerful Kol Nidre, the Kaddish Requiem by Yevhen Stankovich, based on the poems of the Ukrainian writer Dmitro Pavlichko, and the German Requiem by Johannes Brahms. Amidst all these events, one distinguished visitor to KU was World Jewish Congress President Ronald S. Lauder. He called Babin Yar one of the most infamous pieces of ground in the entire world. Lauder also reminded us why this commemoration is not only about loss, but also about hope and the future. He said, We are here in Kiev for one more important reason. We are here to celebrate the rebirth of a strong Jewish community here in Ukraine. This rebirth is nothing short of a miracle. This has been Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. From San Francisco, I'm Peter Baker. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com.
that mellow theme that was Dunai from their first CD, Obkruzio Yasvit, I Searched the World, and a song called Deseni Hore, The Blue Mountains. And coming up next, we're going to pick up the pace a little bit for just a minute or so, and this is a group of university students from the Shevchenko University, and they got together and put together this little traditional little ditty called Katarena Ivesil, Catherine and Bill. Let's go. 
delightful traditional Ukrainian folk song called Polubila Petrusia, performed by the Kuban Cossack Choir, and that translates as I Love Petrus. And staying on that theme, sort of, well, it's, you know, not very nice outside. People tend to cuddle up in doors, and, you know, one thing leads to another. So here's a song by Cossack System. A little more up-to-date, and the song is called Takas Pokusleva, So Seductive. Спокуслива, така спокуслива усе, твоє, що я мушу вивчити усе, твоє, що я хочу віддати ти, 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 усе, твоє, що я мушу вивчити усе, твоє, що я хочу віддати ти. The latest news stories from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine's first international English news channel, Ukraine Today. Tragic night in the ATO zone. Two Ukrainian soldiers have died and eight more have been wounded along with three suffering from head injuries. This is a result of night shelling in the Mariupol sector. Russian-backed separatist forces attacked Chirokine, Vodyane and Talakivka. They launched their shelling using banned mortars. Moreover, they applied 122 and 152 caliber artillery. 
tanks and multiple rocket launchers Grad have also been used by the militants. The fighting lasted until sunrise. As the morning continued, the Russian proxies shelled grenade launchers into Marinka, firing from occupied Donetsk. Avdivka industrial zone has stayed quiet throughout the night. Only minor cases of small arms firing were recorded. Bomb disposal experts risk their lives no less than their army counterparts directly fighting with an enemy. Because militants act treacherously, leaving hidden deadly surprises in the ground. The landmines and tripwires are exactly what D-miners deal with. It may be quiet there, and no combat action happening, but D-miners are always fully equipped. However, mine detecting sets don't safeguard in all situations, because they sometimes cannot locate anti-personal mines. The work of bomb disposal is to find out and deactivate mines. 200 gram TNT block is enough for that purpose. Deactivation takes place away from inhabited areas. As bomb disposal experts say, they mainly find anti-personal fragmentation mines. And if a person trips it, a fatal outcome follows or that person can become disabled for life. Even most experienced specialists can make mistakes. A D-miner makes a mistake only once, and that's it. Bomb disposal technicians have their own superstitions. No photographing, showering or shaving before the operation. Only when the work is done, they can have a sigh of relief. A warfare with mines is treacherous. It's not a battle with heroic victories. They silently, without fuss and public recognition, daily win a treacherous enemy. It's there who draw the line under wars. They eliminate last traces of war after remains of shells, even when combat actions are over. Fire extinguishers, roll mats and flashlights. These are the presents the Red Cross bring to the school in the so-called grey zone in Krasnogorivka. Local pupils are used to shellings now. They know what it is like to spend long hours underground instead of in the classroom. Their school is often used as a bomb shelter, so now it's in much need of some renovation before winter comes. One of the classrooms has a huge hole from an armour-piercing projectile that hit the school in June. It was by mere chance the kids were on holiday. Strange as it sounds, I'm grateful. Nothing exploded. There wasn't any flames, just this hole. After the incident, all the windows were covered with protective film. It doesn't let the shrapnel scatter. The corridor windows have sandbags simply piled up against them. If they shoot, the broken glass will not fly everywhere. What should you do during a shelling? the basement. The Red Cross brings water, roll mats, blankets, along with other much-needed items to put in the basement ready for the winter. Instead of math tasks, these children learn drills on how to behave during a war, deliver first aid and not to panic. All of them have already seen blood, wounds and sometimes even death. Shock, panic. I remember when the shell first hit us. I heard this strange sound. I screamed because it was impossible to bear. All the windows were shattered. I crawled to the basement over glass pieces. My dad was outside and worried. Here children are taught how to evacuate, plus what they must not touch under any circumstances. A round stone, a teddy bear. It could have a grenade inside. Yeah, my friend picked up a teddy. Her father grabbed it, but the bear exploded in his hands. They know how the war sounds and how it looks, yet everybody wants to remember. Remember what they thought and how they played happily as a child before all this bloodshed started. On October the 10th, the German city of Passau hosted a panel discussion on the future of Europe with NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg, European Council President Donald Tusk and European Parliament President Martin Schulz. The all call for the extension of sanctions against Russia because of the latter's activities in eastern Ukraine and Syria. At the same time, Schulz said that the EU's goal is to keep the channel for dialogues open with the Russians in order to avoid the situation when Russia becomes a pariah. Tusk also stated that normal relations with Russia is a priority, but the sanctions must be prolonged because the purpose of the restrictions hasn't been reached yet. A Crimean resident and a professional stage director, Natalia Menshikova has founded her own theatre in the city of Lviv. She had to leave her theatrical life on the peninsula and move to the western Ukrainian city two and a half years ago. At her new place, she drew on like-minded people and created an amateur-slash-professional theatre Domus in uptown Lviv. For the opening night, they chose a play story, Waking or Sleeping, inspired by the works of Gabriel Garcia Marquez and Anna Sokolova. 
It focuses on people who constantly struggle with different obstacles throughout their lives. They are depicted through animals who are hostages of a traveling zoo. The premiere gathered a full hall of theater goers. Not only Lviv residents flocked to see the play, but there were a lot of internally displaced people, both from Crimea and eastern Ukraine. We united displaced people and locals. We want to bring together children and adults in one theater. Altogether, a fusion of amateurs and professionals. A hearing on the future of the Scythian treasures, which had been taken from Crimea to the Netherlands for an exhibition, started in Amsterdam court on October the 5th. From the Ukrainian side, representatives of the Justice Ministry, the Foreign Ministry and the Culture Ministry took part in the hearing. As the Culture Minister Yevhen Nishchuk said, some members of the Ukrainian delegation couldn't get Dutch visas until the very last moment. The story behind the treasures goes like this. The showpieces from four Ukrainian museums in Crimea and one museum in Kyiv were brought to the Netherlands shortly before the ill-famed events in the Crimean Peninsula. The exhibition, entitled The Crimea Gold and Secrets from the Black Sea, was held in 2014 at the Elard Pearson Museum and featured almost 600 unique artifacts, namely gold items, a scabbard, a ceremonial helmet, plus countless precious gems. However, the Dutch party returned only those which were loaned from the museum in Kiev. Those from Crimean are still kept in the Netherlands. And here's another party. Russians became involved in the case, claiming their right to the Scythian gold as well. Ukraine's National Museum is ready to accept the showpieces. And if the Amsterdam court decides not in Ukraine's favor, the culture minister says Ukraine will appeal the decision. Thousands of participants took part in the Kyiv International Marathon, even though running not in the best weather conditions and surprisingly with good humor. Before the start, everyone warmed up with exercises. All walks of life turned up with people of different occupations. Accountants, architects, TV hosts, businessmen, pensioners, unemployed and even the city mayor. The marathon started despite wind and the rain. 6.5 thousand people took different distances, ranging from 2 to 42 kilometers. Around 500 people took part in the first marathon seven years ago. Today it's ten times that. This year there was a team from OnePlus One Media who ran for a big goal and directly collected money for a charity. Ukrainian Paralympians proved to be champions again. They finished first in a 42-kilometer race. The European Cup final race of radio-controlled sailors boat took place on the lake of the tourist resort center Bukovel. Even though the competition was fierce and spectacular, the regatta itself was happening in a total silence. Sportsmen say such radio regattas are more of mental sports, similar to chess playing. The type of boats at the Cup is Marblehead RC model sailors boats, the oldest in the history of this sport competition. The participants explain that it's harder to drive RC boats comparing to real sales boats. Races are fast. If a captain of a big yacht has up to five minutes for a maneuver, we have only five seconds. Sportsmen remotely look for wind, try to avoid crashing into others or turning over their ship. They also choose appropriate speed for them. Before landing their boats on water, they fix sails taking into account wind intensity. The regatta takes place in Ukraine for the first time, and the lake in the western Ukrainian Carpathians have all conditions for this competition, starting from a clear lake bottom to convenient geographical location, which is good for foreign racers. In the city of Zaporizhia, a record number of chicken wings was fried on a single pan. The record was established to mark the city day. A quarter of a ton of chicken, 70 liters of sauce and 50 kilograms of vegetables, spices and herbs were used to reach the national record. The food was prepared by 12 cooks using a special 2-meter pan. Chicken wings were being fried for an hour and a half. A crazy number of people came to the festival place, 2,000. Despite long lines, there was enough food for everyone. Very tasty, amazing, very pleased. Very delicious, but for old people like me, it needs more boiling. And the spices are very tasty. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's Ukraine News Roundup for this edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. To hear more news from Ukraine today, check all of this week's editions of Nasholos at www.nasholos.com. 
And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, uatoday.tv. What is this? This is geopolitics. Who is this? There's a murders and killers. This is war. This is war. Through the years, we have sought our freedom. Nevermore, we'll lose our chances. Nevermore. Nevermore. And we Our struggle for independence And we can't give up And we must stop our enemies Just try to understand us We don't want to kill or shoot no one We just want to live in peace forever All we need is love and have some fun This is not a game This is not the next level Unmistakable message delivered by Boris Sevastyanov. This is war. Savina. Up next, Oris Lute and Ayana Moskal. I am not a Muscovite. <laughs> Tur 
кто ходит мыть И призон кусы И придон промывляет О, такие слова Разум с нами продавались три-четыре А я не москаль А я не москаль И не буду я в армии служить А я не москаль А я не москаль Бо не можу я у неволі жить А я не москаль А я не москаль И не буду я в армии служить А я не москаль А я не москаль Бо не можу я у неволі жить А мольфари дуби Щось шепочуть смерека За поганих доріг Хлопців грін хто співа Косить молодь від армії Від тупої утіхи І при тому промовляє Отакі слова Готові? Ха! Я не москаль Ха! Я не москаль і не буду я в армії служить. А я не москаль, а я не москаль, бо не можу я у неволі жити. А я не москаль, а я не москаль і не буду я в армії служить. А я не москаль, а я не москаль, бо не можу я у неволі жити. Любомире! Welcome to Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Anthony Schleha's new book, The English Kobzad. The English Kobzad is a collection of stories about Soviet exiles after World War II. According to Stalin, these exiles were to be returned to the Soviet Union, dead or alive, to face the consequences of leaving their homes without the permission of the Soviet government. This book was inspired by his father, Semen Schlega, and his wartime experiences. Semen died before he could share the story of his wartime experiences with his son. Anthony then set out to uncover his father's past by doing detailed research on displaced persons and interviewing countless people on his fascinating journey of discovery. Schlega uses the image of the Kobzar as the central focus of his story collection. Ukrainian Kobzars were minstrels who sang on their travels throughout Ukraine. They also spread news about what was going on in their country to isolated areas. The early Soviet government saw these traveling minstrels as a threat and exterminated them. For Schlega, the Soviet exiles after World War II were very similar to the wandering Kobzars. Both groups faced extermination while traveling the world to spread the truth about Ukraine. The Soviet exiles were displaced persons who suffered horribly during the war under the Nazi regime. However, they had also suffered under the Soviet regime. When the war ended, they did not want to return to the Soviet Union for fear of torture and certain death. The fears of these Soviet exiles were definitely justified. Schlega quotes Stalin's Order 227 from July the 28th, 1942, at the very beginning of his book. Panic mongers and cowards should be exterminated in place. The very first section, Xenophobia, 
describes the harsh realities of Cossack life under Soviet communism. The oppression was the main element for Soviet control. These instructions were clear and deadly. Shockingly, after World War II, Western Allied forces enforced the horrific policy of delivering Soviet prisoners of war and refugees into Stalin's hands. In the two stories, Surviving Liens and After Liens, Schlega describes a Cossack tragedy. At Liens, the British army tried to turn over thousands of Stalin's exiles to the Soviets. This led to a massacre of epic proportions. Schlega uses an excerpt from his book Surviving Liens to tell the still largely unknown tragic story. After Liens adds detail to this horrific story by documenting the memories of the survivors of the lethal deportation. It also includes the memories of their children. Although these stories are historically important, they were at times rambling and repetitive. Schlega's self-published ebook could definitely have used more editing. Anthony Schlega is at his best when he is retelling stories that are very close to his heart. In his story, The Thirty Shilling Child, he gives readers insight into the horrors of his childhood, his father's psychological issues resulting from his wartime experiences cause him to take out his frustrations on his young son. Anthony captures the intolerable situation in his graphic descriptions and his poignant revelations about his own feelings. While speaking to his sympathetic neighbor, he says, I longed to tell her how he had beaten me, but I was frightened I'd get another good hiding. Perhaps the best section of the English Kobzad is the final story, Tsipek, which chronicles Anthony's personal experiences and conversations with John Demyanyuk, a Soviet exile who became a scapegoat for Nazi war crimes. Readers will be fascinated by Demyanyuk's final days and his stories about his wartime experiences. Schlega should definitely explore Demyanyuk's life in a more detailed fashion in the future. Anthony Schlega wrote The English Kobzar under his Ukrainian name Anton Schleha. He was born in Lee, England, near the city of Manchester. His troubled relationship with his father, a survivor of the Liens massacre, led him to research the history of this time. Anthony published his first book, Surviving Liens, in 2009. A portion of this book is reprinted in the English Kobzar. Anthony now lives in the Bavarian Alps with his wife and son. The English Kobzar is available at Amazon. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. And that was singer, songwriter, lyricist Sashko with a song about a family of red-haired people, Rude. Here's what's coming up this week in Vancouver's Ukrainian community. 
On Wednesdays, catch Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio broadcasting live from Nanaimo to north and central Vancouver Island, the Gulf Islands, the Sunshine Coast, northwest Washington State, and in the greater Vancouver listening area. Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time on CHLY Radio Malaspina, 101.7 FM on the radio dial and streaming online at chly.ca. On Friday, you can enjoy a pierogi supper at the Ukrainian Community Society of Ivan Franco, 5311 Francis Road in Richmond. Pierogies, cabbage rolls, kobasa, and more. Doors are open from 5 to 7.30 p.m. For more information, call 604-274-4119 or visit ivanfranco.ca. Next Saturday, there will be a celebration in honor of 125 years of Ukrainian immigration to Canada at the Ukrainian Orthodox Cultural Center in Surrey. Doors are open at 5.30 p.m. There will be refreshments followed by dinner and a concert featuring the Svetana Chorus, Ukrainian Prairie Band, St. Mary's Singers and Artists, and Ukrainian Dancers. Tickets are $30 per person and must be purchased in advance. They are limited, so don't delay. To get your tickets, call Bill Miski at 778-292-0239 or email uocstmarysurrey at gmail.com. That's a celebration in honor of 125 years of Ukrainian immigration to Canada, Saturday, October 22nd at 5.30 p.m. at the Ukrainian Orthodox Cultural Center, 13512 108th Avenue in Surrey. And at 6 p.m. on Saturday evenings, flip your radio dial right back here to AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver or catch the live stream at am1320.com. And join me for another hour of fun on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. In between broadcasts, make sure to follow Nasholos and me on Facebook and Twitter. And for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feeds and more, visit our website at www.nasholos.com. Це наша земля, це наші поли, від Галіфакс до Другого моря. Це наша земля, це наші поли, це є наш новий край. Як я приїхав до цього краю, і відділ горе, лісе і морі. Тут була пуща і файне поле. Це є наш новий край. This land is your land, this land is my land. From Bona Vista to Vancouver Island, from the Arctic Circle to the Great Lake Waters, this land is made you and me. Це наша земля, це наші поли, від Галіфасто другого моря. Це наша земля, це наші поли, це є наш новий край, це є наш новий край. And from Winnipeg and about the 1960s, that was Mickey and Bunny with Tsenasha Zamya, This Land is Our Land. Nume vjeskinčila naša programa vše často domov izkazati do pobačenja, ali pred tem je hoću izalašati vas takime slovame mudrostja. Kto soviste nemaje, to i pravde ne znaje. And our proverb of the week translates as he who has no conscience knows not truth. Well, that wraps it up for another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio to take the, take us to the end of our program. We have the Playboy Band from Edmonton and the Kalameka in C minor. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! <laughs> Субтитры сделал
se eu vou dobrar lá. Estou de diabo na medonha, o que tá nessa banha? Já tenho de taxa nela e a pesa do banho. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.